0: Marshall Fant with GFA Missions Research. Welcome back to our program, whether you're viewing on YouTube or listening through Apple or uh, Google Play or any of the other podcast um, platforms. We welcome you. Uh, Today, we want to talk about, I think, just an exciting ministry and I think a way that we need, I just want to make sure people understand what this ministry can do. And before I introduce our guest, I just want to remember a key verse in Romans one sixteen. 16 it says for the gospel is the power of God under salvation and we know that people need to hear the good news and we know they hear it in different ways they can hear it through preaching they hear it through teaching and sometimes we need um a a platform to show or to teach from and so um Tom Luttman is here with us. I met Tom a few years ago. We haven't been friends for a long time, but I've grown to really enjoy his ministry. So, Tom, welcome to GFA Missions Research.
1: Well, thank you for having me here.
0: All right, so tell our our listeners and our viewers a little bit about Tom and his family and and how you ended up at Bible Visuals and what's your story.
1: Sure. Well, yeah. I grew up in uh, rural Nova Scotia, Canada, Um, grew up in a Christian family there, and was able to attend um, uh, Christian College, Bob Bob Jones University, Mm -hmm. and I guess it was while I was there, um, met my wife, Betsy, who is from Illinois, and uh, we've been married for, oh, man. Uh, Quite a number of years. I should have calculated that (laughs) beforehand. Uh, uh, But uh, we have five children now, a 17-year-old, Elijah, twins, Samuel and David, who are 15, a 10-year-old boy, Jesse, and then one girl, uh, Ginger, A rose among the thorns. No, Uh, but we live here in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and that's where Bible Visuals International is headquartered. The way yeah. I got involved with the ministry was, uh, when I was down at Bob Jones, I worked two summers, uh, with a ministry called Child Evangelism yeah. Fellowship. Sure, CEF. Uh, yeah, Yes. And this particular group, uh, CEF chapter was from Eastern Pennsylvania mm-hmm. and they would recruit at, at Bob Jones. And so I, Signed up to do Bible clubs and uh, get involved in children's ministry, mainly teaching clubs in inner city Philadelphia. Wow. And so um, got involved in children's ministry that way. And then after I graduated from from Bob Jones uh, with a history degree, I ended up working at Bob Jones Press as a textbook author. So you can kind of see children's ministry yeah. publishing Coming right. together, I uh, was working on the uh, textbooks there at, for the um, 7th through 12th grade history, government, economics. Uh, as a uh, working there, and really the Lord just brought these two things together in the ministry of Bible visuals. Uh, BVI had some connections to CEF, okay. and so, yeah, learned about it through them, uh, and the rest is history, kind of, so to speak. I've been here for about 13 years.
0: Yeah, I, th- I know also from just our discussions that you have a a strong philosophy about the local church, right? Mm-hmm. And so your materials yeah. are being used through the local churches to reach, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah. Yes. Um, so uh, this is part of your burden, right?
1: Yeah, uh, it's actually something that has grown uh, in the past 13 years of being here in a paired church organization. I've never uh, worked a, as with a parachurch organization, uh, before I came to Bible visuals, and um, really when I first moved out here with my family to Lancaster County, um, there was the idea. I, I knew I needed to get my family and my children grounded in a local church. I said, you know, they right. need it, but we don't know anyone here. We don't have any family here, um, and so I saw that need and um, made it our point to be at a church as much as possible. But as time passed, I really realized, boy, you know, I need this um, as uh, more than, than them, that I need to be uh, there grounded in my local church. And that is really on a personal level uh, translated to a philosophy for the ministry, making sure that the ministry Uh, itself is grounded connected to the local church uh, supporting the work of evangelizing discipling children that's meant to take place there
0: okay good now as we go through this discussion um i do want to for the sake of my southern drawl okay we're going to return refer to it as bible visuals Mm -hmm. uh, bible visual international or bvi right so in our in our discussion this morning for the sake yes. of our listeners, I want to make sure you we get those terminologies down, so right. we yes. don't. So I don't lose anyone. All right. So, all right. Uh, so Tom, you gave me. So give our listeners what what is the mission of BVI? Yeah, um,
1: yeah it's really to support the work of evangelizing and discipling children okay. uh, through providing these materials, uh, quality uh, gospel centered. Um, materials and they do have a visual element, but, uh, the key word there really is to support. We're not trying to take the place right. of, of, uh, teachers or parents. You know, we, we want to give tools yeah. that be placed into the hands of these who are on the front line of this particular mission field of children, which is around the world.
0: Okay. And that's what I was going to say. So this is worldwide. So for the sake of our listeners, wherever you are, if you, have a missionary in one of the countries we'll talk to earlier. I mean, later about Mongolia or India or Papua New Guinea. All these countries uh, they service with materials, and we'll get to that. So, uh, someone may be saying, "Well, I don't do children's ministries." No, but you may support a missionary in a country right. that we talk about that does, and you can be a blessing to them uh, because they may not know about it. All right. So, as you fulfill this mission, Tom, um, which which I appreciate your clear mission statement on that. Tell me a little bit about, all right, so you, you every organization has certain key values. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think, obviously, you're ministering in the circles of people that listen to ReChurch. Okay, mm-hmm. so I think these key values ring true to them, and they probably would assume it or they wouldn't be listening to this podcast. But if you would just go ahead and just uh, communicate sure. what those key values may be.
1: Yeah, well, certainly at the center of that is uh, being, saying true to God's word. Um, that sounds like a no-brainer, but really, uh, when you think about children's ministry, there is such a temptation to focus right. on other things than the word of God, things that may simply entertain or provide right. a fun time and really be light on God's word. And so we have made a commitment as a ministry, um, even before my time here, certainly, uh, to be Focused on communicating God's word clearly yeah. to children uh, through the Bible lessons that we we create, uh, the mission stories, the songs. We just want to be um, saturating children's minds and hearts with the Word of God through these various tools. Um, more recently, our uh, materials for the family, like our family devotionals, they're they're just simply helping families read through books of the Bible, uh, getting families to open God's word together and study it as a family. And that's, again, that philosophy of, of making sure that we are uh, saturating uh, children's hearts and minds with the word. Um, I already mentioned one of our key values, which is uh, partnering with teachers, not um, taking their place. Uh, right. People ask, you know, when are you going to go into kind of like videos and, um, you know, uh, make, you uh, presentations, animations, and things like that. And and there are, are places for that. Sure. Uh, I don't want to diminish that. There are some wonderful folks around the world who are doing things like that. But uh, we see as our ministry uh, philosophy to really look at who the teacher is, who is there, who is really interacting with the children, whether that's a children's ministry worker in a church, right. uh, outreach ministry, or mom and dad and see what we can put into their hands to support them in this work uh, of um, evangelizing discipling children and um, one other value certainly is to be a commitment to global missions Um, one thing i like to say when you think about missions it certainly is a geographic endeavor you know that god has called us to go to the nations to make his word known um, uh, we have that clear, uh, commandment imperative from, from our savior, but it's also generational. So not just geographic, but it's generational that one generation is called to make him known to the next generation. So children are everywhere, uh, wherever you look around the globe, there is this mission field of children. And, uh, we just kind of work on both ends of that, uh, the, to the ends of the earth and, uh, to children of each generation.
0: All right, so in part, I love the word you used earlier, you consider yourself a tool, okay, just Mm -hmm. uh, 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 something available of people communicating the Word of God. And um, so from what I understand, you have Bible lessons, you have missionary stories, mission stories, right, Um, biographies, hymns, songs, family devotional, so all this is available. Uh, through, right. through Bible visuals. So I think as, as we continue to talk through this, I, I just want people to kind of grasp what I'm trying to do is, is to whet their appetite to go visit your website. Right. And so that's part of our burden today is again, as I interview Tom, I want you, I want our listeners to say, okay, let's go check out the website. Okay. So that's what I'm trying to do now. All right. So, um, the way we communicate obviously changes. I mean, we're we're doing this over Zoom. So yes. ten years ago, uh, we would not have known what you know. We're doing this kind of interview. Uh, yeah. We're doing it on a podcast, which you know is is relatively new, not that new anymore. But in the in, in it is and yeah. it's not. So right. our communication, the way we learn, the way we communicate, seems to always be changing. And I think from what I can tell, Tom, and again, you clarify with me how you want to do this. All right. So what you were doing with Bible visuals is taking a format, maybe where it was always done, let's say print format. Okay. And you got to ship it to missionaries and you got to, you know, all this printing and shipping or whatever. All right. So explain to us how you have gone more from the, the print format to a digital format and all the advantages of that. So if we can park there for a few minutes.
1: Sure. So the history of the ministry was to do these big kind of flashcards that a teacher could show to a group. Sure. And uh, primarily the materials are designed for group teaching. Mm. So I should make that that clear. That's the history of the, the ministry. When you're teaching, you have a class of children or a Bible club, and these visuals that could be held up and shown to the the group. And what we have certainly seen in the more recent history is, hey, there are different ways we can do that Mm -hmm. and still uh, with the digital formats, not just the print material. So we still continue to print these these flashcard books, but added to that is uh, digital formats, uh, PowerPoints, that mm-hmm. people could put the visuals up on the screen as they are again sharing in a classroom setting. Um, I just got a, a, I think a, a picture from a friend over in uh, Uruguay uh, today, just of them doing that exact thing. Uh, they downloaded the materials and are showing it mm-hmm. that way. So we do that. We also um, provide a downloadable PDF, mm-hmm. uh, which people can print out. So people may still need a print format of the material, but instead of us shipping it from here in Lancaster and the expense of uh, shipping it across the country or certainly across the world, uh, we can send them the file that they could print out themselves and make their own visuals. And that's again, we want to think about what are the different ways people need these resources, can use these resources uh, in their uh, local setting. And so we have just made that our goal to provide a variety of formats, print and digital, in uh, in ways, yeah. Whether we're shipping it here or sure. uh, downloading it abroad, and then the third way certainly is allowing people to to print distribute on a larger scale in other countries. And I can certainly go into that. Yeah, later or on. just
0: briefly, what does that mean?
1: Yeah. So we. Um, basically set up license agreements. These are not agreements that are meant to bring in lots of funds for Bible visuals. The main thing is here to support uh, the works that we see are going on around the world. And that's the thing we just see, we we run into people all over the globe that are um, needing to, or see the value of evangelizing, discipling children. And some of them have quite large opportunities. There's a lot of children. Maybe they help with a, a network of churches or they have an outreach ministry, and so they need to print a lot of resources. Uh, We have one partner in India. He has BBS um, outreach that he does every year, Um, and uh, they reach altogether about, I think this year was 75,000 children in the number of villages that they work with.
0: Back up. You said 75,000?
1: children. Wow. And so you can imagine the number of teachers that they have For that, they have a network of churches they work with, and each one of those teachers has a set of these visuals. Wow. Well, there's, you know, for us to ship that from here in the U.S., I mean, just would be, you know, the cost of that astronomical. So they have the capability of printing those there. Uh, So we just write write up an agreement. And the main thing that we ask in the agreement is, um, you know, that they acknowledge our ownership of the materials and they provide some reporting. We want to see how these are being used. They are, they're going to stay true in the translation of the material, so the Word of God, and they're going to let us know how they're being used. And the Lord has just opened up wonderful opportunities through wow. that, um, not just in India, but you mentioned Mongolia. Um, we just Yesterday I was sending print files to a partner in Nepal uh, so that he can get that started. So there, um, in the week before that, we were working with people in the country of Lebanon to, with the Arabic translations. So, all right. So, all how many different
0: languages are are currently? I mean, I know maybe yeah. not every, yeah. every piece of material, but what languages are are available right now? Sure, um, there are materials in some probably. 70
1: to 80 languages that you can get through our web store where right. you could download the visuals or get a print copy of the visuals. And then you could select like to download the PDF teaching text in, you know, whether you're calling like skip the Albanian language or Urdu in Pakistan or, uh, Tagalog, uh, Philippines and get that and print it out yourself. Right. Um, then yeah. there are the bigger, um, Agreements that we have for with partners who are printing in other countries. Mm-hmm. We have we had a partnership with um, Editorial Bautista Independiente, part of uh, Baptist Midmission. Mission. Right. They are printing some of our Spanish materials and getting them out. Uh, CEF of Brazil mm-hmm. does our Portuguese translations and distributes in that country uh, some of our titles. Um, All right. So let know,
0: me let me get a. Pr- yeah couple of practical questions. Number one, you mentioned some really unique, I mean, not every language is unique, but some languages that most of us don't think about. So Mm -hmm. how do you, because I know y'all are a fairly small operation. Mm -hmm. So how do you, um, how is that funded? I mean, and then how in the world do you find the people, where the translators and just briefly explain how, how you have found a way to do this
1: yeah yeah a lot of it has been in the past people finding us okay. uh, the ministry's been around since 1959 and so there's quite a bit of mm-hmm. longevity there that uh the materials have got out one way or the other um but we will have folks who will come and say hey you know i need these materials in this country um could we have permission to translate it? Mm. Now, we don't just say, yeah, whoever you are translate. We like to work with, um, usually with mission boards that we, we okay. know, yeah. uh, like we work with, um, the Mavars, uh, who were huh. over down in Panama with GFA and getting uh, Spanish translations done. So we right. know something of the reputation of the mission board where they're going to stand doctrinally that they're not going to, um, um, change the doctrine uh, there. So we we look for the reputation and then establish the agreements there. And so they're a lot of times translating for their own needs Mm -hmm. and they'll have a team there to to work to get it done. And then they will provide it back to us Mm -hmm. and then we can make it available to others. Uh, That gentleman um, I mentioned in India, uh, he translates the materials into the Telugu language and um, he provides them back to us we put them up on our web store and uh, I have other people who are in even the same city there in India because there's so many, yeah. you know, thousands of people, you know, um, they don't know each other. They're in the same city, um, but they're bl- the one is blessing the other because he's done the work. We've been able to be the conduit for this Amen. other ministry to get access to those materials and use them. So it's just, wow. Yeah a tool or a conduit might be a good way of describing that tool.
0: Amazing. All right. And that I think, all right. So let me ask you another question. All right. So with all these languages, I mean, I guess Spanish, would that probably be your largest non-English distribution?
1: Yes, I I think so. Spanish, we do have a lot in Portuguese. Um, um, We actually have a lot of material in Arabic, a growing number of resources and uh, even Chinese. That's kind of an amazing story. We had a lady uh several years back. We have a whole Bible lesson series that's like 312 Bible lessons. Mm-hmm. And uh years back we got a, a thumb drive in the mail, you know, wow. or no, it was a disc. It was before the thumb drives. Wow. It was a disc in the mail. And uh we're like it just had Chinese writing on it, and we're like, we don't know what this is. It's <laughs> a, you know, like a virus someone has sent us, you know, and so we put it in uh tentatively into our computer to look, to see what was on it. And it was 78 files. Well, those 312 lessons are in 78 volumes, uh, four lessons in each volume. And someone had taken over 10 years had translated all those materials into Chinese. And, uh, it was just, we, we were able to have those translations checked by others, uh, for the, 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 uh, the, make sure that there was a good quality to them, but just amazing stories like that, how God has uh, used that. Mm-hmm. And I, I have a guy I, I just met a couple of weeks ago, who's been working in China using those, those same translations over the mm-hmm. past several years. And uh, yeah, the, some of these stories we will not hear this side of glory.
0: No. And, and the beauty of it is, I think with the, the history, okay. Of how long you've been, in ministry, I mean, BVI, and mm-hmm. then your commitment to these core values and staying with them since the 50s. I think, mm-hmm. you know, you're a trustworthy voice, and that's the reason I wanted to interview you, because now you're taking that that trustworthiness that you have earned of staying committed to the Word of God, and now you're updating it to where anyone in the world can access it. And I just think it's it's just, you know, it's just such a, again, I just think of the power of the gospel going out through Lancaster, Pennsylvania, through BVI, all over the world, and, uh, yeah. hey, and and maybe we can close in a few minutes. But maybe if you've got one um, one story that would really just encourage our listeners and our you know of, of a a changed life or someone that or just like the Chinese translation. So maybe uh, yeah. if you can be thinking through that, you know, we can kind of uh, put a face on a real story. Uh, yeah. that's happened. Okay, so let me ask a couple other questions. Yes. All right. So right now, um, you know, you you can do this. So the, the focus would be resources for the home, the family, the local church, evangelist, bible clubs, um, trying to get the word of God out in a language and, and that is also communicating the word of God that can be understood. Because I know one of the one of the benefits or one of the blessings of the CEF, which you mentioned was the accuracy to the word of God on an age appropriate or right level to where children can understand the wonderful truths of scripture. Uh, any, any comments on that, Tom? I mean, I may have. Yeah.
1: uh, Yeah. Well, one element that I kind of, it's in our name and I haven't really focused on is that we do visuals, right? Right. Bible visuals that we are uh, communicating God's word uh, verbally. You know, we're providing the materials for uh, teachers to, to communicate that verbally, but there is a visual uh, that goes along with it or a set of visuals. Mm -hmm. And those can be powerful tools to help communicate, uh, to help direct uh, the attention or hold the attention of children as they are reinforce it, you know, they are hearing something, but then seeing something that helps um, uh, keep it in their mind even longer. So we've been blessed to have a number of uh, artists, illustrators who have worked with the ministry in the past and who do that now. We use a, a freelance network of, of writers and illustrators in creating these materials. And, um, you know, I in fact, I was just, evaluating some illustrations recently from some potential artists and it's uh while quality of the of the artwork is certainly part of the equation it's not the only thing uh i love meeting folks who want to use their their abilities their skills uh for the purpose of communicating uh god's word to children or helping to um uh, point children that direction uh, i myself was just reading recently through uh oh, i think it was uh, leviticus uh and talking about the tabernacle and you know the um uh aholiab and bezalel the guys who were the the craftsmen <laughs> yeah. who were involved yeah. in that right. and it wasn't just their ability it says you know right. that they had a, a heart to do the work yes. of the lord they had this uh, spirit to to do this work and uh to hear that with the, with these folks that we get to interact with and uh, see them using their ability in that way is is, is a real blessing and uh, an important part of the ministry sure. too.
0: All right, let me ask you a couple more questions kinda of as we start to wrap it up. What what is the most popular, you know, of all your products? It's a random question, but what would be or are, are the one or two most popular?
1: Yeah. Yeah, if I were to say over the history of the ministry, yeah. there are a couple stories, kind of like yeah. mission stories, yeah. that people have loved for years. One is a story called "No Darkness at All," mm-hmm. and it's our adaptation of a of a story written by a lady named Patricia St. John or Sinjin. You can uh, people pronounce it different ways, but uh, she was a um, missionary herself to morocco that was part of the time she spent in morocco and so she worked at her brother's um medical uh the hospital there in morocco and so she took some of the different stories uh, real life stories and she kind of combined them together into a a made-up story so it has its basis in truth she's like i modeled this character off of uh, this person and what's the title of that again uh, no darkness at all. Okay. Uh, yeah. The title of her book was called star of light, okay. but our adaptation yeah. is no darkness at all. And all right. it's a little boy uh, and him, the story of him coming to faith in Christ. Wow. And there's kind of a picture of uh, his little sister is blind. Mm. Uh, so he recognizes, you know, the difference between, you know, having sight and being right. blind. And he comes to realize that he is spiritually blind that. He needs the savior and the light. Uh, that we know as Christ. Uh, so
0: what may that. be another, okay, just most popular? Um,
1: yeah, more recently yeah. is probably our story of um, of John Newton, oh, okay. uh story of Amazing Grace.
0: Yeah, and this and, anniversary uh, of the writing, right?
1: Yes, uh, he wrote that 250 yeah. years ago, yeah. Yeah. uh January 1st this okay. year. So um, yeah. that's been neat to see. You know, that story is deep because – even if people don't know the word of God, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people still can recognize that, that song, amazing grace. And so there's some like, Oh yeah, I've heard that before. Mm -hmm. And then to hear the testimony of this man and how he came to Christ, Mm -hmm. you know, and how he was so far away from the Lord, you know, he called himself uh, a wretch, you know, a blasphemer and see uh, that God, changed his heart and his sanctifying work in John Newton's life as well. And, uh, yeah, I just saw another copy of that go out today.
0: Wow. All right. So let me pick your brain on another one. What would be one of your favorites of one of the most, uh, you know, kind of the diamond in the rough you think, okay, this is probably the most overlooked and I wish we could put it on a spotlight, you know, that people, um, and, and by the way, for our audience, he didn't know these questions were coming. Okay. So <laughs> if you see, uh, but I, I thought, you know, that'd be interesting to see what would be yeah. something that, you know, you really enjoy and, yeah. but people may not understand, um, there's there or, or the value of it. Yeah.
1: Um, we do have one story about a missionary named Carl
0: Becker. Okay. And people
1: don't recognize that name as quickly. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Carl Becker was from this area Uh, is from the town of Mannheim, not too far away. In fact, I went through the the town and found the house where he used to live. And uh, he ended up going to uh, the Congo as a medical missionary, as a doctor there Mm -hmm. and served for many years uh, in the midst of some of the turmoil that went on Mm -hmm. in that country. Um, Some of the, uh, there's a, Communists were uh, influencing the the local government and some of the revolution taking place there. And there's certainly stories of him, how God preserved his life through that. But the testimony this man had that he would minister to the physical needs of even enemies, you know, wow. people who were uh, wanting him dead. And um, I think at one point where um, there was a man who needed uh uh, blood transfusion. And some of the others in the the hospital were like, you know, we're not giving blood for this guy, you know? And he was like, well, I'm rolling up my sleeve and I'm giving my blood. And that was just a, such a powerful picture to uh, not only to that man who needed it, but for the others, the other believers to see the reality of the gospel in this man's heart and serving that, that those many years in the Congo. So that's called doctor in the pygmy forest. Um, yeah, and uh, I think that's that's one. I oh, gave wow. a copy of that years back to a missionary in Mexico yeah. uh, because we had a Spanish translation of it. And uh, Jonathan Latham, yeah, uh, maybe, sure. uh, maybe yeah, a missionary, and yeah. uh, he looked at that book. He said, "You know, what? this is the guy who delivered me when I was a baby." Oh. <laughs> because Jonathan grew up yeah. over there in, in Africa, and you know, this guy was you know, still delivering babies uh, for many years. And uh, wow. just serving, uh, uh, had, he was kind of like a more modern David Livingston. Everyone sure. who was over there knew him in some yeah. way.
0: Wow. All right, so as we wrap this up, um, Tom Lutman, Bible Visuals International. So what what kind of, in closing, anything we haven't covered? I mean, we talked about all the different languages. We talked about all the different, you know, yeah. the ways you distribute it. We talked about all the different you know, your the doctrine. And is there anything else that we may have missed our listeners would need to hear about?
1: Yeah. Um, I like to use that, you know, that song deep and wide, you know, we think of deep and wide. Well, in this case, I'm thinking we've kind of covered the breadth of the ministry, the wideness of it, right. you know, that when you talk about the mission field of children, it's all over the world. You sure. know, every time I meet a missionary, uh, I'm like, oh, you know, they've got outreach to children. They're cool. go figure. Uh, and there's this, this need to provide these resources. But it is a mission field that's meant to be deep, in that it's something to the core of, of us as believers, and as, uh, it's meant to be in the family. And so, over the past several years, uh, especially during COVID, we really wanted to be more intentional about providing resources for the home okay. and that through the family worship series, which is basically just books of the Bible. Uh, we've done one on Mark, one on Philippians. We're working on James. We're working on one this year on Ezra and Nehemiah and just helping families read the scripture a little bit at a time, right. uh, a little bit at a time, but in order from beginning to the end. So We're not skipping around. Um Giving them some questions to open up discussion, uh, questions that would engage mm. children at different age levels. Right? Yeah. These don't come neatly graded. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, got all this grade or something. Yeah. You know, there's. Um, and then there's a prayer point, uh, praying the scriptures mm. uh, to God, and then uh, singing together as a little hymn section, wow. and that really has been an encouragement to me to see those going out. Uh, sometimes people like, oh, I'm not involved in children's ministry in our church, or it's not, uh, you know, I don't have connection to missions around the world like that. But when you look at the home, you know, and whether it's parents or grandparents, um, it's just a resource that really is meant to uh, encourage the the local church and the family together and the work of evangelizing, discipling children. And we're having some neat stories that have come through that, um, through getting those materials out.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, that sounds great. And again, I just want to point people to your website because it's so important to, you know, just to go and see what you have. And I hope uh, people will take advantage of that. And also pray, uh, ask people to pray for you because as y'all are doing all of this work affecting children worldwide, again, all these tools for people to use. Again, why? Because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And this changes lives for all of life and eternity, right? Amen. 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 Well, Tom, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us, and, and I trust that many people benefit from learning about Bible Visuals International. Thank thanks. you, Marshall. Yeah, thanks, Tom. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org consulting.